Got two niggas spoiling movies. Yeah. Brand new columns. That's me. And just in brown for your moving needs. Media popcorn. Woo! You haven't seen it? Well, we're gonna spoil it. Spoil it in your face. That's your warning. Uh. So if you get pissed, it's all your fault. Uh. What is up, little biscuits and sun-dried tomatoes? This is your boy, Eddie Collins. Guys, and this is Justin Brown. And we are meeting popcorn niggas spoiling movies. And Justin, helping us break mm-hmm. down this fucking batshit crazy movie. <laughs> Please introduce our guest. Uh, so our guest today is a gentleman I've naturally known for quite some time now uh, through the business of acting. He's a casting director. He's a performer himself. Yes. Actually, yeah. recently saw him in the Christmas uh, Carol. Yes. Did a great job. Job. Thank you. Uh, good friend of mine, Mr. Tom O'Hare. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me, gentlemen. Thank you for coming. I'm very Tom. happy to be here. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Tom, and, uh, uh, oh, sorry. Ahead. I was going to ask as a casting director, uh, do you think that there were some roles in the uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf that were miscast? Because <laughs> I have yeah, some I thoughts. Do. I do. I do. Um, uh, I can't wait to hear all of your guys' thoughts on this movie. This was fun for me to go back over. I have a million thoughts. Like when I was watching it last night, I was like, oh my God, some of this holds up so well. And then some of it, not so well and everything. But I think the the two roles that I personally would recast would be uh, the main French guy, um, mm-hmm. Fransac. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, w- I would recast him. Yep. I think they were looking for somebody like a Christopher Lambert type and they got it. Uh, but he just yeah. did not have, number one, he didn't have the um, chemistry with that French aristocratic woman who, oh, who was Jesus lacking Christ. too. Yeah. There's Marianne uh, or whatever. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. I hated all she, that. She wasn't, she looked okay. Um, but she, I don't know what she was doing and I know French actors and they tend to be extraordinary. Um, you know, when you see French actors, they really swing hard for their mm-hmm. roles. And I think the majority of the cast did do this, but I, if I had to recast anyone to be those two, Monty, Mark, Mark DeCascos, might have been the best role he's ever done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, he was wild as a Native American. <laughs> yeah, that was so bad. That was so offensive. He, 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 well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about, number one, I think, Justin, we've had this conversation. There are films that have been made not too long ago that would never get made today. Oh, oh 100%. Yeah. I, think, I think we have one here. <laughs> and I love this film. And I yeah. love the fact that it would never get made today. Um, I, I mean, just, and also it's French. Mm-hmm. So they, they tend to do whatever they want, but I don't think any French film has ever done this. Like, this is weird by French standards. This yeah, is, this is yeah, shit. yeah, this I would say shit crazy. Like, like all the the French that did this, they're like, we have no idea. You know, <laughs> we, we did not know what they did. But it's it's one of the most uh, successful French films in America ever. I mean, it's it's it, it was highly successful. Okay, that, they, that's that's an interesting point. It really is. It, it it you know because people saw this and they're like, what is going on? And um, another thing, and I and I I should have said this from the start. Don't watch this with American dubbing. Watch it with the French subtitles. If oh you, yeah, that's exactly how I watch it. If you don't hear the French words, because uh, I watched it one time with just American dubbing, you know, and it was terrible. I mean, dubbing, right? I don't think it could be worse than what I already I saw. 
Because um, <laughs> this is a two and a half hour movie. It's, I, I, I saw yeah. Justin last been, night and I was like, edited. fuck you. Like, it could have been you. it could have been edited down. Yep, there was there was some scenes that uh that belaggered it. I think there was a whole subplot i.e. the catholic church mm-hmm. that yeah was I just I don't know like I my whenever I've explained this film to my friends I was like it's like there's this french director he's got a little cigarette dangling out of his mouth you know and he's smoking he's wearing a beret and there's like this big cardboard box just full of genres. And he goes in and just throws them on the screen, you know, and ideas on the screen and wherever they go. Well, um, give me the baguette in the, in the genre. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's we've like, seen that work, though. Like we, we recently reviewed RR, and we've seen like, you know, when you throw a bunch of different genres on the screen, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. can work as long as you commit to being outrageous. I think the issue for me was like the makeup, like. I get it back in the day. Like that's how they used to dress up, you know, with all the makeup and everything, but it still looked terrible. I don't know if it's the cinematography, the lighting, but like, you know, I looked at the actress that played Marianne and she's a beautiful woman, but she looked yeah. fucking like a, a pancake. Right. With yeah. A bunch right. of sugar yeah. on it. Well, know? I mean, but the, that, that, because it is a period piece, you know, that is what people used to do, which I, I don't know why they did that to themselves. Cause that looks that's god awful. I mean, wasn't yeah, it like, also to like hide the disease and stuff like that? Part of it, the pox scars. Yeah. yeah. The heavy, the heavy makeup. I read this. The heavy makeup was a lot of times people had pox scars mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason, um, or just bad skin and whatnot. So they would apply pancake makeup to that. Yeah, because they didn't wash themselves. Correctly. They didn't wash themselves yeah, correctly yeah. too. Yeah. So like, well, um, how could you wash yourself properly? They didn't have fucking Doctor Squash back then. <laughs> so roman baths were still in operation in certain places and the places that had roman baths people would still do the baths here and there but for yeah. some somewhere along the the lines of in european history because it wasn't everywhere that didn't bathe i mean yeah you know middle east that even they had a lack of water they still understood cleanliness a lot better than european nations. yeah but weren't um and and somebody may be, be like what are you talking about, Justin? Wasn't it like they use more like oils and things like that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, for their skin? Well, so they, they would cover their smells yeah. with perfume. And, and, and so like the tradition of a bouquet for a bride, you know, those were fresh flowers to hide the stench of her, you know, like that kind of thing. It, That's it's, wild. It's wild. So, so yeah, the, and, and, and this comes to Versailles. So they actually shot in Versailles, which blows my mind, but apparently it's not that hard to do, like Woody Allen did a couple of years ago when he was doing that oh, film. Yeah, uh, yeah. Midnight in Paris, which is good. Um, but I digress. But they they can sh- they shot in Versailles. So in Versailles, apparently, there's like, you know, hundreds of rooms and a couple of bathrooms. Like they didn't have plumbing and stuff in Versailles. So it was it was kind of a smelly palace, you know, because they'd have chamber pots and whatnot and little alcoves where you'd go and do your business and whatnot. So, you know, this, the, the plumbing 20th century amenities and things that, that was in a land that this was in a time where that did not occur. So I think they were period appropriate with the, the pancake. Yeah. Yeah. The the, yeah, The cake. Yeah. And, but they showed like the simpler people who were those like barbarian types, you know, with the Wolverine claws. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> which i love which was they, they kind of reminded me of vega from uh street yes. Fight. Yes. Yeah, yeah 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 and apparently i looked on the wiki this director 
he used to do like kung fu style films with his friends. I mean, you, you know? could tell. I'm, you could tell. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's why Mark uh, Dacascus, uh, aka the Iron Chef's grandson or whatever the fuck. That's why he's in this because I'm the whole time like first of all he's not Native American so what's going on here? Nope. Second, mm-hmm. he his French felt fake. I don't know if that was dubbed or like if he just had a really bad coach or just you know it. Well, but you know at the same time because he's a Native American right. uh, man, everything he said in French is going to be broken. I so you it. have to give him that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah I, I don't speak French. Do you speak French fluently? Um, merci beaucoup. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I know very because <laughs> all you have to do in France when I was in France, all I had to do was do parlez-vous anglais, and most of the time they'd say we, oui, and then I just talk to them in English, right? You know? Right, oui. yeah. Once you get outside Paris, though, it's a lot harder, yeah, yeah. And Nice, they Paris, were really fucking with me, yeah, yeah. I loved Nice, I love yeah. Nice. Nice was gorgeous, never been so, oh, never been to France. great if you like seafood, Nice is. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. great seafood, great yep. shellfish. Terrible cinema, but. apparently. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> like, you know what? It's this movie was just all over the place because Mark the, the Coscas, he was the most distracting person in this movie because we had the scene where he's like fighting the 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 wild villagers or whatever, and that one chick is like eye fucking him, but then she ends up being yeah. like, he he he, get beat up, and then you're like, what is yeah. going on? And then he has That's, the hair and he's waving it. I'm <laughs> not sure what they were trying to go for with her other than the fact that she's an epileptic and batshit crazy yeah, she as kept well. popping up. It made no yeah. sense. It, and she's the daughter of the guy who was taking care of the beast. Yes. And I'm not sure what they were trying to do with these wild men. Like at first they, they at first I thought they were part of the Romani, the gypsies. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That's, that's what I thought. And I thought that but she I was a, like they a, are. A I don't think they, I don't think they are. I think they're just wild people um, because the, they 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 try to actually do justice to Native Americans in the French way, and if if I may, I'd like to kind of speak on that. Okay. Um. So the French have this absolute affection for Native Americans, um, and they've had them for for centuries. They they this love affair with them. Uh, they love to see them and to wax poetic about them and put them on pedestals, and at times that gets, you know. It 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 doesn't tell the truth, and what they call them, they call them noble savages. That's mm. that's. <laughs> you well, know, I love these people, and I just want to who you love, noble savages. Yeah, that's the term. <laughs> noble, that's, that's the term, noble savages, and it's there. It, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, when you love a different culture so much and you try and emulate it and exalt it, you end up fetishizing it. And they fetishize Native Americans more so than than anyone else. And so they really try, like, Mani, the character, is an Iroquois shaman, psychic, mentalist, mm-hmm. kung fu expert, <laughs> yep. last of his tribe. Um, and, he gets, his whole, and he gets taken out with a silver bullet. He gets taken yep. out with a silver In bullet. the back. In yes. the back. Yes. Because he's sitting there staring at this white woman. Yes. He, you know, because is that. She, is she white, though? Yeah, like I thought she was like kind yeah. of like a. I know you're not supposed to use this term anymore, but like kind of like a gypsy. Yeah, yeah Romani kind of. Yeah, so kinda, up in, in the 90s, you could still get away with that. Now it's they now it's considered a, 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 a slur. slur. Yeah. But in the 90s, they they use that term with abandon. You know, yeah. it's one of the. It's like Oriental for asia yeah, yeah, you know yeah. that you know when people use that term they didn't think it was bad at the time now that term has been outgrown um and now we know that 
the term gypsy is a slur. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but I think they were supposed to kind of be the Romani people. Um, but they don't really work as that, you know, they're more like these weird, wild, ancient yeah. Celts throwbacks. Yeah. It, um, well, it was, I think you know, that, they had the animal headdresses and stuff. That's the like, thing is like, I felt like they're like just pagans. a lot of stuff wasn't clear. No, there was just a lot of things that just weren't clear. Also, yeah. the fact is, no, so the, the main villain who was very clear today. Oh, that guy's the bad guy yes. from yes. the beginning he of the movie. He was a start from the interview with the vampire. He looked crazy. Yeah, yeah. This very castle, much so. But he always yeah. plays fucking creeps. And shit. Yeah, he like, does. He's never like, t- like, he's never like a chill person in a movie. So I, I read, I did some research on this after I watched it. And apparently they offered him the role. And he's like, no. And then they made it crazier and weirder and more horrible. He's like, yes, now I will do it. Mm. You know, and like they had to throw in the incestual stuff with his sister and the horrible stuff. And then once they threw in like and made him much more of a monster, he's like, now you have my attention. You know, yeah, that's he's fucking nuts because he's like, mm, I get to rape uh, the, the sister. Ho, 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 and now yeah. I have this fucked up arm. Ho, ho, ho. It's yeah. just like fucking it was so crazy. And then. I thought he was the monster, and then it was like he was controlling. He is the yeah, yeah. He is essentially the monster. If okay. you think about it, because he brought the, the lion from Africa, right? As a yeah. as a pup, as a cub, raised it and tortured it and made it, you know, learn this armor. Thing. I mean, I guess we're giving this. Yeah, away. yeah. Where Does it is it matter? Well, like, well, no, that's what we do. We spoil. We movies. spoil movies. Okay. And also, so, this movie right, came so out in fucking uh, two thousand one. Two thousand one. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ! You could tell by the effects. You get to yeah, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but they were they weren't great at their time because Lord of the Rings came out in 2001 too. I checked mm. this; they came out in the same year, yeah, and the practical effects weren't terrible. weren't terrible. The CGI was awful, yeah. you know, and it's it looks like something you'd see on Sci Fi Channel in like 1999. You know, yeah, yeah. like they yeah. they did not have Weta, they did not have um, access to the top notch. Um, uh, you know, uh, CGI of the time. But at the same time, they did have a budget of $29 million. Which was extensive yeah. in France for that time. Yeah, so like they could, have, they could have done something. <laughs> the, the art department had a blast because uh, the art department really decked that place out. And, um, and it kind of reminds me of, they're supposed to be in kind of like this small town sort of, you know, kind of mm-hmm. a sleepy backwater. But they go to the brothel and it's the most ostentatious palace uh, like they didn't even have a tavern in the town but the brothel is like this top notch oh you yeah. know something you'd see in like the heart of paris listen you know listen. with when like it... like 30 women of the night you know all painted up and everything mm-hmm. like that like how is this being economically supported because when it really comes down to it is like you don't need to drink but you need to fuck. <laughs> needing to get, needing to fuck. That, yeah. that, that's that's well, I mean, very yeah. Important. Like back in the day, like STDs were running rampant. That's why a lot of them have fake teeth and shit. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, so that's like syphilis and all that kind of stuff. That's Bell like why sugar. for half of these dudes, fighting like a a beast demon thing is like the least of their worries. They're like, <laughs> but also it was like just killing the women. So was it killing the women that were rejecting him? So according to. <laughs> what i've read because it's not clear no yeah it's, nothing's it's, clear it's like just keep some, some people <laughs> yeah some people say like well you know uh they're leaving up to your imagination but i don't think this is a film that needs to let you imagine any more than you already are yeah yeah you know they should do a little more tell you how things are so apparently yeah. 
he was working with this priest bishop uh you know whatever cardinal um who was a heretic from the pope the holy see and again this plot was very murky uh very convoluted and so he was trying to bring france back to god so he was they were trying to um make people distrust in the king and therefore having a monster killing maidens would make the king look bad Somehow. okay so basically that's what was going on <laughs> that yeah, was well yeah so so like plan. that was literally the i plan. got i i knew the was plan like, was something about like all right we're going to um disparage the king mm-hmm. uh i and did those a, books those books they had yeah 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 it was basically like you know kind of um a, a treatise against uh royalty and it precedes the french revolution and it precedes the american revolution so these were very new ideas. And mm. of course, the French had to tie it to the French Revolution at the end, you know, with the older version of, of that young yeah. kid, you know, um, because it, it's so heavily in their minds, the French Revolution. That it, it, it's and rightly so. I mean, it changed French society forever. Yeah. You know, it, it ended the monarchy. So it, it, it ties in with that. I just think it was pretty clunky to have a cardinal think he could bring people back to god and you know france was pretty catholic to begin with like it was they they weren't drifting away from the church they're drifting away from the monarchy so maybe having a um monster killing people wouldn't bring them closer to god so here's a question so this was set in 17 uh 1764 yeah so like it, it this is you know the Catholic Church, the Protestant Church, all of that is kind of heavily instituted uh, by this point. So it's like we're not we're not really doing the whole separation of church and state thing. I think that if they were going to go with that route, they should have actually dated this earlier. Yeah, uh, you know, like more in the time like Martin Luther and things like that to kind of drive that home to to make it make more sense. Well, they wanted to do it with the actual event, which was a real life event, which is the Beast of Gerardon. Yeah. yeah. And that was a real thing that happened and it had terrorized France for a while. And, you know, French have always had this folklore about werewolves. Werewolves have been thick in France. Yeah. Luc Garou. Um, and, An American uh, werewolf in Paris. I got yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the werewolf legend, werewolves for France are kind of like vampires for Romania. Yeah. It's something that's been there a long, long time, and they do believe in it. And a lot of the werewolf lore we have comes from France. So when this Beast of Gévaudan happened, um, and you know they, it, it did kind of sort of mirror events lightly in the movie, whereas they brought in a hunter, they found somebody. Like these people were real people in history, like that, the, the, the main guy um, who there was no money. But the main guy was the official taxidermist. Mm. So he was sent to investigate. Then the chief hunter, you know, that rapey guy in the bathtub trying yeah. to grope the girl with Ooh, her bodice. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. And then, he and then she doesn't do it. And he just splashes in, yeah, yeah. in the tub. <laughs> you know? I don't get my way. Ah, there's so many like little things like that, that. There's so many little moments like that that kept adding up. And you're just like, the running time is like, this is so ridiculous. It doesn't need to mm-hmm. be this long. Yes, it didn't. And and I think they they kind of jumped with timelines a little haphazardly too. You know, it's like all of a sudden we're in winter. And mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's like, where's he staying? Like he was on assignment. Does he just sit in that 
castle the whole time for yeah. months well so they're, they're like oh yeah you know this this uh thing that leaves to senegal for africa i know you wanted to go to africa six months and they're like okay and all of a sudden it's like yep i'm getting on the ship leaving for africa tomorrow i'm like wait what yeah. <laughs> wait, what, what happened in all that time yeah like it like it's those things where you're just like wait what what's going on yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was also tough, like confusing too, when the sister like is like, "You're not, you know, you're not the brother, my brother." When you came back from Africa, and he's all like, "He's like, but I love you. Look at my hand; it's all, you know, like it was deformed, but now it's like sort of better, even though he's got those nasty ass nails." I was mm-hmm. like, "Bro, like use some clippers or something, or scissors, yeah. whatever you got, <laughs> shears." Um, but my whole thing was okay. So he got the line from Africa. Mm-hmm. Brought it back, and like you say, you tortured it and trained it to be mm-hmm. in the the metal suit. But then, so that's why at the beginning, when um uh, Iron Chef is doing like the hand readings and stuff, mm-hmm. that's why he puts out his hand as like, "What am I, a semi lion?" Because essentially, he's like giving out the bad that like it's a lion yep. is yeah. the beast, yeah. which doesn't yeah. make any sense because even if a lion is trained, there's no way it could be as agile as this beast was. Correct, like. Like it's like steel. It's like Sha- Shaq with the steel outfit on. There's no yeah. way he's jumping around that shit. Oh, it yeah, weighs yeah, more than yeah. him. Yeah. If that is your only problem with the film, I say they did okay with things that. <laughs> oh, I have a lot of problems with the film. <laughs> like, like, um, <laughs> it, it is that is the least problematic thing <laughs> I can think of about that animal. Um, it, it's uh. You know the how you get those mechanical jaws to close with it and everything like that. That a line would allow the suit to be put on. Yep. Um, well, also, it, how do you like like point out how do you train a lion? Well, I mean, well, I guess uh, abuse a lion to the point where the lion's just like, okay, I'm gonna let you put all this metal shit on me. Yeah. Because yeah. in my mind, you abuse a lion. And then you're just like, yeah, you're going to do what I say. And then you get close to that line and that line rips you apart. Yeah. So like, that's the thing. It doesn't make any sense no. because like you can abuse an animal, but for so long, but if that animal is double the size of you, that animal is just literally just going to rip you apart. As soon as you get close Sieg- to it. Siegfried and Roy prove that. Yep, you indeed. Know, like it's, it's, uh, and, and the fact that he's got it trained by whistle and things like that. And it comes like a dog um it it's fanciful it's fantasy and it's yeah. meant to be fantasy. well also i mean we learned on like siegfried and roy they didn't control that tiger then no. that motherfucker eventually snapped yeah exactly. i mean like, that's, he, that's he was just laying in wait yeah he was just laying yeah. in wait that's yeah. what i was hoping for i was hoping he would get killed by the lion but of course they had the traditional been, yeah. showdown where i'm nowhere the french dude just starts kicking ass after fucking mm-hmm. uh and he yeah. paints himself like monty yeah yeah after, yeah. after like, monty gets, i'm going to yeah, yeah. I, I was not expecting that, but I was also like, this is a little bit too late to have these cool action scenes, but even the fight choreography was a little choppy yeah. at parts. And I was like, well, now I'm not like, I have nothing to, to hold on to now with this. Like sometimes they do, is it the term wire foo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, like yeah. Sometimes they were doing wire foo and then sometimes they were doing practical and it's just kind of like they, they just kind of did whatever they wanted when they wanted <laughs> or <laughs> if they had to do it at that time, I yep. think maybe. Um, it, you know, it is, it is in no way is this a perfect film, but this is a film I love because I refuse, I can't watch this film and be on my phone because you will miss something. Oh yeah. You're going to miss a lot. You have to put your phone down. And, and another thing, like I was telling you about, I think we had this conversation maybe at Christmas, 
maybe it was, it was you, correct me if I'm wrong, but we talk about like, these things would never get made today. And when you ask me like a recommendation, I'm like, all right, this film was crazy. And this film, there's nothing else like this film. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, this is different. This is yeah, his own thing. It is. It's, for sure. It, it, it's, it's an imperfect, falls out film that I'm pretty sure everyone had a blast making. You know, like, oh, I don't yeah. see anyone miserable in this film. They're having probably the time of their life. Oh, yeah. yeah Martha Koskis was fucking scenes. everybody. You could tell. Like, it was like <laughs> him and Vincent Cassell were like fucking everybody. Cause, well, Vincent Cassell's wife's in this. Yeah, like Monica um, Belusi, right? Was, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. a, she a smoke show. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah, a, yeah. and an mm-hmm. incredible actress, too. Yes. I mean, you know, and, and I think she knew she was in something that, she was clearly better than this, but she did it anyway. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, sometimes you got to throw your, uh, your spouse a, a bone, you know? Yeah, I, but I, don't, she's know like, who, she's I a... don't know who signed who up for that one. That's yeah. what I was like, thinking, she... too. But, like, yeah. they're essentially like the, this is like a weird comparison, but they're essentially like the Nicole Kimmon and Tom Cruise of France. Sure. Yeah. Regards yeah. To actress, like, actress. No, no, that's that's probably a pretty good, um, I would say that's not a bad parallel, I would say. You know, that's that's not bad. Yeah, because she's won a lot of awards and stuff like that. And he's mm-hmm. been like in a bunch of French hits. They try to make them happen over here in America with um the Oceans uh thirteen not mm-hmm. thirteen, yeah, Oceans twelve. That's what it was. And um what was the other movie? Uh Eastern Promises. But not enough people saw Eastern Promises for that yeah, to be like a that. breakout thing. Yeah. I think um I think he is as French as Matthew McConaughey is Texans. Like he is so French yes. and he exalts in being French and yeah. he's really good at being French, you know? And I think the oceans movie really sealed the deal on that. But like, I mean, he effortlessly played a really fucked up Frenchman, you know? Oh. And it's like, yeah. we, he, I would not have recast him. He did a good job for what that yeah, role for was. What he, yeah, for what he's asked to he, do. Yeah. He, he showed up and he did it, you know? So yeah. I, um, I, I had no problem with him, but the other people and, you know, Mark Dacascos, it's, it's so is, random. It's so, so random. random. It's so everything. Like, it's just, it's crazy, but he did what he had to do. He was good in it. He was, he was electric. You know, he, he looked good. He, he worked well. I mean, well, he's he, a good looking guy, very good looking guy. But at the same time, I think he, you know, I, I don't want to wax too poetic, but I think he approached the part with a certain sensitivity. Like I think he he generally he didn't comment on it. You well, know what I'm saying? Well, you know what? When you're commenting, I, I, I think little... I think the uh, the thing that like I appreciated is that we didn't get him talking Native American. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah like is. he didn't get, he didn't go stereotypical. He didn't go Tonto. Yeah, even though the role is Tonto and Lone Ranger. Yeah, 100. It's, 100%, it's 100%, Tonto 100. and Lone Ranger. It's French French Lone Ranger and yeah. and you know Northeast Tonto. And it's, I think it's an homage to that. I yeah. think, I think he, I think that was intentional. Uh, it was not an accidental thing that it was, <laughs> this was, you know, cause they do, it's, it's like, it's like Kung Fu movies. It's a Western, it's French intrigue. It's fucking, um, uh, it's a ghost story, a monster movie. It's supposed to be know? a love story, even though there's like the most romantic, like boring yeah. romantic subplot ever. Like the romantic subplot, unfortunately <sighs> did not work for me. Not at all. Did not, not work. at all. In fact, I think he had a lot more chemistry with the Catholic spy who was the chief <laughs> courtesan. <laughs> which, that's another thing. It's like, have you guys ever, like, have you ever, like, actually gone into the Catholic Church? There's no way they would outsource their chief spy <laughs> to a woman who was a prostitute. Like, it's just not how 
the Catholics work. I mean, they're... but you know what? There's something that that has to be said. She was a writer because she was obviously a prostitute and she's fucking this dude. And then she goes to the woman. And she's just like, hey, that man's in love with you. Don't let him get away. I'm just like that right there. <laughs> I wish when I was a piece of shit that there was a woman <laughs> that would have helped me down that that went to the girl that I really wanted and been like, hey, this guy, he's the man you need to be with. Now, I fuck him. Yeah, isn't that I after I was gonna say, isn't that after she stabs him and then licks the knife and says, you know, something to remember me by? Yes. yes. Which yes. what does she yeah. do to him? What does she stab? I'm not sure, but there was that dream sequence he had where she's, you know, kind of naked yeah. and has that death's head yep. dagger. And I'm not sure what that's about either. Um it it I think they just kind of play with things. Why did you do this and to they me, come, Tom? What? <laughs> Why'd you huh? do this to me? Why did I do this to you? Yeah, like what? I could have picked. I could have picked Keith, and we could have done a podcast that a hundred million other people have already done. You know, like I tried to think of something off the wall, something you'd have opinions on, something you probably haven't seen before, something that's crazy, and we'd have something to talk about. You know, well, like congratulations, you succeeded. But I thank you, I'm thank you, thank you. you, thank you. We can go talk about heat if you want. You know, like we can talk I about just, a Tarantino film. You know, like how many podcasts do you need to hear for somebody talking about Tarantino? This, you know, this like is true. I, I just I want was... I wanted something different, weird. And I do love this film. I love this film. I hadn't seen it in years. And it was a joy to watch it. And boy, does it have problems. But I like that. Like, I like, mm. I, I love perfect films, of course. And there's only a few of them. This is not a perfect film. But this is a film that they gave a shit about. And they tried things. And they had ideas. Too many. And they put a, them up on the screen. You yeah. know? It was like, just I would have loved to have made this film. I would have had a blast. Mm. If, I was, if I was an art department even there's like an allusion to seven, the movie seven, mm. you know, when the, he goes into the, like the, the tombs or the, the hunting lodge yep. and he goes into like the inner sanctum and it's totally like Kevin Spacey's yeah. weird ass lair, you know, but as a French aristocratic hunter would have, you know, and they show like the misshapen baby and from out the hide. I was all I, the skulls around. And everything. I was frustrated though, a little bit. And I get like you talking about Monty kind of being like the Tonto of the story and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Because for me, it was like, you know, this dude is a badass. We've seen him from the very beginning. Like he's, he's wrecking shop. Right. And then he gets outnumbered by this gang and then shot in the back. And then that's it. And then the, the, the white French dude after almost being poisoned, after being poisoned and surviving, he's now amped up and goes super Nova or Scion on motherfuckers. Like he's the better fire to Monty. I'm like, what? Like, well, well, it wasn't just the shot that brought Monty down. Cause I, in the rewatching, I noticed something that I didn't notice about okay. three times. I watched it. So remember there was that, like, and of course they gave him Christ imagery too. Yeah. Not? Yeah. They gave yeah, him Christ yeah, imagery, yeah. Which is perfect. So they had him strapped up on like this this like cross x thing and they tortured him after he got shot so because mm. when he's thrown Fransac, into when Fransac he's goes mad bloody in, yeah yeah when he's going in you know all you know jason Bourne style through all those same weird romani celt whatever they are he finds that and he touches the manacle and then he has the flashback of Mani being tortured and he so he somehow he knows that this happened to Monty. So Monty got shot. That brought him down, but they tortured the hell out of him for whatever reason. And then they threw him off a and cliff. Then they threw oh, him off the yeah. cliff and he rolled down. I yeah. was gonna so say because they it wasn't just one shot. Like they beat the hell out of him. 
Okay. And he was it. still alive when they threw him down, yeah. you know, because he was like reaching out. Mm. At, sorry, yeah. I keep hitting this. Yeah. He was reaching out to his like wolf totem, which I think mm. that was that he had a connection with that wolf. And that was the wolf that they, you know, didn't kill in the Roman ruins. Yeah. He had a connection with that wolf and that wolf was helping them. And so like the wolf was almost like this angelic figure, mm. you know, yeah. it, it was like this white wolf. So it's not hard to make that comparison. Well, exactly. And then like the wolf is just like, it's like, hey, this ain't us, bro. Right. It's not us. Right. And at one point, there's a scene where the wolves are chasing the beast, but it looks like the beast is leading a pack of wolves. It's not. Yes. They're chasing yeah. him. So like the wolves are trying to drive out this unnatural beast. So it's like these wolves are kind of like the angelic spirits mm. of France and they've killed them. There's a lot going on. So here's there's a, a here's a, 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 a random question you guys think that like that pack of wolves could realistically taken down that uh you know big cat no no not with no. that not, armor not on. the armor not with, yeah, the armor. Well, not with that well, not with the armor not yeah how with the armor now how do you even take that off like you you don't but i think i think i i think they put it in this so it's trained so it goes into this like area where they can get their hands in and do straps and everything from from a okay. cage you know it's caged and then they strap it I guess it was just covered know. in spikes. So I was like, he like, and when that motherfucker put his hand in there for the cat to lick his hand, I was like, you were playing with fire, bro. After yeah. all you've been through, you're going to risk losing your hand to this dying line that knows that you're one of the reasons why he's going out. Yeah. So what is the reason that the lion didn't eat the chick? Like when he smelled, he smelled, he smelled her, her brother on her. Yeah. Oh, Remember, she says that her. before uh, he rapes her, she, she's like, yeah. that beast recognized me from your scent. Right. And he's right. like, so now he, you know my secret. <laughs> I love you. And I'm going to take you. Then I'm bringing up my bone whip sword. Okay, that was bad shit. When he had that weapon, I was like, what? And it broke up and it started swinging. I was like. I think what I think it's a testament to this film that when you see that fight scene, you don't pause too much and say that couldn't happen because so much has occurred up to this point <laughs> that this isn't going to throw you. Yeah. You know, had had you done that in the start, you'd be like, okay, yes, this is a different yes. film. You know, all right, whatever. I'm checking. You know out. what? But if they would have done it at the start, I kind of would have been like, okay, we're off to the races. We're going somewhere crazy. You know what I'm saying? But when you do it at the end, you're just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> there's there's this term I have. It's called going to a strip club. Okay, when you go to a strip club, like you it. can't bring your preconceived notions about morality and how things work uh, in the real world into a strip club because you're going to be uncomfortable and you're making everyone uncomfortable around you. Mm -hmm. You can't comment on it. You just you just go with the flow and just be part of it. And it's, it's got its own rules, its own uh, own way of doing things, and you just have to be in that area in the way that you're supposed to. There's films like that too. You cannot just it's like, like this film is like going to a strip club you can't just you know have your logic and understanding and and morals in this film you just have to let this film be itself and you get to watch it. yeah but it's strip clothes at least i usually get some titties and the booty in my face you know this, you got some titty and booty in the i didn't the like sumptuous, i didn't like this the, i did not like the selections monica she looked great but even then they didn't show off her goodies how about yeah. the, how about the scene where the camera is going up her body and just as it gets to her breasts, it turns into two snow-covered mountains yeah. of the yeah. shot. That shit was you nuts. Know? Also, the slow-mo yeah. was crazy. I was like, come on, man. You're yeah, they, like, oh, yeah. yeah well, like, they, that girl was, fell in the pit. And yeah. then oh, she's like, yeah, And it they, stops. I think he saw some Chow Young fat and really tried to emulate that. But he didn't have 
it for the rest of the film. So he picked and choose where to do it. And I think that kind of draw things out of it. Like there was some, yeah. some slowing down, some pausing, some wire foo, you know, that he, he's definitely a, a lover and appreciate, he appreciates Hong Kong cinema. That's evident. Mm. But I think the thing with Hong Kong cinema is that's the film. The whole film does that. So you understand how the film is. This is, we're going to throw elements here and there. And I think it's a little jarring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Christoph uh, Gans, who is the writer and director of this, there was also like clearly, he was clearly influenced by like Jaws as well. Cause like the mm-hmm. Beast mm-hmm. horror scenes were very much like reminding me of the opening scene of Jaws with like the, you don't yeah. see the monster, but the woman, right. you see her reaction to them and you see the horror in her face. But then it got redundant because that's how all of them kept dying. And so I'm like, when the beast finally came out and started wrecking shop, I was like, okay, cool. But even then, I was like, this thing should literally tear through the whole village. Like, there shouldn't be mm-hmm. anyone that's left because tank. you really can't control this thing. Yeah. It's like well, a fucking I mean, tank. It, 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 it was controlled by Arm Dude. You know, it was controlled by him. But well, he was always he drunk and shit, and he didn't know which way was up. He was just like, Whoa. and he was clearly the bad guy, like Justin said. He was like, if he had a mustache, he would have twirled it the whole fucking movie. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he had that yep. top hat. There, there was definitely some women tied to the railroad tracks yeah. with this guy around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, but nobody, like, nobody suspects him, you know? Why? Because he's a French aristocrat. They were all were just, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, but then the, it doesn't really work in the framework because... There were a lot of really decent, good French aristocrats in this film that actually cared about each other and people mm. and and the townsfolk and things like that. So it it didn't quite jibe up. He was just this terrible, terrible asshole. And even his father knew it. He's like, I apologize for my son. He is an asshole, you know, at the dinner table. And the, and but the, yeah. his son actually was right. He's like, no, there's no such fish that has fur. And yeah. that's it. And everyone's like, I apologize for my son. He is offensive to you. He's like, well, he's actually right. There is no fish like this. I made it up, guys. <laughs> he got me. My he name got is me. George Santos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's weird because I recognize the poster. I never seen this movie before, but I recognize the poster because I remember thinking that looks interesting. Well, I just never got around to this movie, and now that I've seen it, I'm like, okay, like, I get what you were going for. It just, it's not my cup of tea. Maybe in 2001, though, around. Lord of the Rings, and when I was yeah. really into foreign films, I probably would have dug this a lot more. Um, but now I'm just well, kind of like, there's there's some there's some wild stuff that happened in the editing room. Well, also, like, there's artistic choices, too. For instance, like, it's pouring down rain, but the blood stays on. It doesn't wash away. You know, mm. because he wants the visual effect of that red, that bright red and everything. Yeah. But you know somebody in editing be like, hey, you must understand, in this pouring rain, the blood would, you know, pour away. We would not see it. And he's like smoking a cigarette. He's like, the blood stays. <laughs> we did not lose the blood. You know, so they had to like put necessary. Yeah. So it's it, he he goes for what looked good over what practical. Practical. Mm, yeah. yeah. And that that yeah. is a motif that comes back and back and back and back and back. Would you say that? So have you watched a lot of French films? Um, I don't say I wouldn't say I've watched a lot. Um, I went to NYU and I took a film class there and I studied Godard. Okay. So, so basically, so you have a good idea of, of like the French styling, you know, in, in their films. So would you say that this is actually a little bit more of just like the French way of uh, filmmaking as opposed to just being like, 
you know, this guy's just going ham uh, with this. I think or, it's ham. I don't think, I don't think the French. Okay. I don't think the French, this is not a French film. I think this is a Frenchman that loves French film made a film. But okay. I don't think this follows any rules of any genre. See, because like the, the it's thing, a fan, of, it's a fantasy film. So the thing about this is like, yes, you know, it, it, it's, it is a fantasy film, mm -hmm. but it almost felt like this is like a French film, which is a little bit kind of like an American film. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, it's a, it's a Western. Yeah. It's a Kung Fu. It's, you know, Hong Kong. It's, um, it's a lot of different things. Yeah. It's, so it's, like it, it just, it just like, it felt like, it almost felt like if you just put like Jackie Chan in this film as, as, um, Monty. yeah, Monty, and, and then just, and, and throw in, I don't know, a Bruce Willis, mm -hmm. you know, as a main guy, like, like it would be the same kind of movie, but, you know, they would add, add more comedic elements. To tell you the truth, I think if they added more comedy to this, the, it, it would have been much better. Yes. No, uh, yes. Yeah. It, 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 it did not have a lot of comedy. You're right. What's interesting though is I actually like that they played it straight. If they had made it like any, like if Mark Dacascos had started like acting really silly, which I was expecting with those crazy ass <laughs> eyes, it would have yeah. taken me out of it. At least like this fully immersed me in this wacky world that they built. Cause if there had been any kind of comedy, I would have been like, well, like, I don't, I don't know which way is up now. Mm, true. I mean, but you know, they could have done comedy, which, which was period, um, kind of like a period piece. Well, they yeah. had dry comedy because Vincent Cassell in that one scene where they're all eating and he, um, he makes a comment, a sarcastic comment about, Oh, like, you know, I'm impressed. Like if I had both my hands, I would applaud mm -hmm. or something like that. Like yeah. there's like dry humor like that, but like that's, yeah. that seems fitting for the time. I think there's comedy that can work as a pressure valve for tension, yeah. you know, in, in, and, and I think that's a very effective, um, usage in horror suspense films is having some comedic moments that lets the pressure out because then you can then do a jump cut or something like that to bring it back to, to, because if you always keep the tension, it, it wanes, you know? Um, so like horror films that are always got you on your edge of your seat after a while, you, you became, you become inured to it. So I think some comedic things here and there, could have given more ebbs and flows, more dips yeah. and dives for this film. But if they commented on it, you know, if they were self-referential, like Eddie Murphy looking at the camera, you know, breaking the fourth wall, that kind of thing, that would have ruined the film. Yeah. You know, because you you do, like the strip club I was saying, you do have to go in with this film full on and just be in this world, you know? But I think, like for instance, Monty did stick his tongue out at one point during that fight scene. Mm -hmm. That was kind of funny. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, yeah. It, like he's just like, like, it's almost like, like I'm having fun. Yeah. They're like I'm having fun. I'm yeah. enjoying this. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I, I kind of feel like if, well, I, I want to say this, you know, this could have been like a rush hour. <laughs> like, like if they added, if they added just a little bit, just enough comedy where like you could, you could play Monty as as straight yeah monty was not the problem with this film yeah, yeah. it was it was most other people around yeah. i mean yeah. monty is a problem I mean, he's, <laughs> he's a problem i think he's a but, problem of our times much more yes, than 100%. that time now yeah like and that goes back to the conversation i mean the, johnny depp played Ameri uh, native well, american that's a, johnny depp did that 10 years later i know you could do later. this right by having an actual indigenous person play this character 
Um, there's there's a ways where you could modernize this and make it like uh, action comedy. I can definitely see that. I just think no studios willing to pay the kind of money you would need to do to be able to pull off the beast design. Well, hmm. yeah, I agree. Like this film would never get made again. But if you did do it, it would all be green screen. Well, that, and, and that, but that, but that's that, that's what brings. I don't think it's gonna. It would be the, as hard because if you're gonna make, uh, you know, a CGI uh, uh, beast, and especially with today's technology, mm-hmm. they'll do it much better. So it'll look a lot better than what we saw on the screen here. And you know, and it's actually gonna be rather cheaper than probably what they were doing uh, uh, with this one because well, they it's were just technology. To just show you bits it's, and pieces for a while too with the beast. Yeah. You know, it wasn't until like the beast looked at her uh, when he was smelling uh, mm-hmm. her brother on her that you're like, that's a lion. Yeah. yeah. Or that's yeah. a cat's eye. Like but, you saw yeah. something under the armor. But up until that point, you're like, what the hell is this thing? It's like a dinosaur. But you remember, know, like guys, this- we're talking about like the early 2000s. The attention spans aren't there anymore. Like, like studios want you to get to the action real quick. Yeah, so, I agree yeah. with you. Like, I feel this like film would not get made again. Yeah, you wouldn't it be would able not. to hide the beast until, like, at the most, you could maybe stretch the twenty minutes, but then you have to mm-hmm. start showing the beast. Yeah. Well, you know, and and that's that, that's just really weird because you know the the film business, especially horror films, was predicated on hiding the beast mm-hmm. and you know and giving you just a little bit which because that does add you know an element of terror of the unknown you know that's just human psychology well, and such so it's hitchcock his, yes his theory mm-hmm. is there's nothing i can show that's going to be more horrible than what somebody creates their monster in their own mind yeah mm-hmm. and we we talk about jaws and the truth of the matter is they were going to show that shark a lot earlier on but yes. the seawater screwed up the animatronics yeah because they did it in like a, a pool in LA, shipped it out to Martha's Vineyard. They put it in salt water and salt water screwed it all up. So they they were messing around with this Jaws thing for weeks. So they had to shoot around it. So Spielberg kind of fell ass backwards into doing a Hitchcockian thing and made one of the most brilliant horror films ever by the fact that he had to. It was not his yeah. original intent. Yeah. Chances are Spielberg would have been a B-movie director his whole career had Jaws not have happened had this seawater incident not have screwed up his monster, he w- it would have been a very different film. We would have seen Jaws right away. Yeah. You know, and um, it would not have been that interesting as is as it is because it's much scarier than, you know, when it's coming up on the boat and Flint is kicking its face and everything. You look at it, you're like, wow, that's a big shark, but you're not as scared as when that girl's swimming. Yeah. You know, when that girl's swimming and you see... It, you're you're the monster's POV. That's terrifying. Or or, or just to like she's swimming and all of a sudden she's gone. Yeah, like that's back like and forth like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and they did they they totally have an allusion to that. The first kill. Yes, she yeah. she it is it's totally an homage to Jaws. Hold on, but they said she didn't get killed. Didn't they say that, that there was a woman who was attacked coming from uh you know a, a affair or something like that? And then the, they said that she was still alive, She's, but she had. She the, still the, died, though. Oh, she, she still died, but she died later. Yeah, yeah. She died later. No, that thing was banging her face up against a rock. Same, I don't think it was the same person because there were a lot of kills up to that point. True, like a lot of I, uh, because they they baited. Was it now? Remember they baited her body with with poison and put her in the water. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was that the same one that was smashed against the rocks? I no, 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 no. The, the chick the who got smashed up against the rock was all, yeah, well. <laughs> they all look the same. Like, that's, it's a weird, like, they all were, like, blonde, like, 
kind of French, but like one of them I thought sounded Irish. I was like, where are we? Like, what's yeah? But that's just yeah. also because I was probably high when I watched. Well, I was hungover <laughs> when I watched this. This is the not a good movie to, to watch when you're hungover. It's a great movie to watch when you're high. <laughs> it's, it's it only gets better. It's um, it's it's just yeah, one of those things, man. So um, anyway, I don't. I can I can speak on anything else, but I don't. I don't. You know, have anything else to add other than <laughs> other than what I will say is this: this was like the end of the '90s mm. string of great movies that were out there that were somewhat independent i mean i know 29 29 million dollars is an independent but i'm just saying that there are so many you see it on set i see it on set and you know i see in the casting there are so many fingers in the pie now and so many people have to sign off on the littlest yeah. of yep. things that no way could this film be made today no way no There'd be somebody many, would stop it. somebody would it, it'd be filtered down to almost nothing uh it would have been severely edited mm-hmm. uh roles would have been gone too it would have just shattered it would have collapsed because you know it would have been like pulling a thread on a sweater and it just would have it just know, unraveled it would eventually. Have unraveled. yeah and, and but somehow this film escaped too many people's attention. I mean, it's French, so it didn't operate in the Hollywood system. Yeah. And that's a huge thing. <laughs> it really is a huge thing. But, you know, in, in the 90s, they got away with all kinds of things. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, believe me, we've reviewed a lot of movies from the I think, 90s I think, on this I think podcast. The ni- I think the 90s is the last time we, we I don't want to get too over the top, but I think it's the last time we really had, like, artistic freedom. And film mm. I would say so yeah it's all about franchises you know, now it's yeah. it, 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 that's it and you can't and, and and when you understand that Hollywood is a business and they understand it it's like we want return on every single dollar we're not going to screw around anymore and you know the guys who were you know branching out and doing artistic things some of them do not have track records of being good human beings right yeah. now you know, and that's yeah. all we'll say. We don't need to mention their names or anything, but those really good artistic films of the 90s were made in part by Monster. So, you know, we we are in a sterile society for good and bad, in many mm-hmm. ways good, you know, but those things we're going to get now are going to be done by committee and we won't have a film like this again. Do you find yeah. that those kind of restrictions come into play in your job? Like when you're All like, where you're like, I see this person, this is the right person for the role. And they're like, well, someone is just like, no, I don't yes. see it. And you're like, yes. I mean, I could, I could go at length onto that. Um, but uh, in general, what I'll say is I, I never make the decision myself. They do listen it. to me. Mm. And I, I certainly stop a lot of bad decisions from getting to certain <laughs> eyes. Like I'm kind of like a, a dam that keeps mm. back a lot of the bad stuff that gets to people. But I mean, almost every job I see people that are great and they don't, you know, one mm. of the, and, and I'm not just saying it cause he's here, <laughs> but he's one of my favorite actors to have in. And I was, I've told Justin this multiple times, like ever since I worked with Justin, I knew this guy is, he's a, he is a home run uh, hitter on usual, but guaranteed base hit. So you know, here, here's my here's money ball. He, he is guaranteed to get a base hit with Justin. Now, mind you, a, a lot of the people listening to this podcast, they have seen this film that I did. You can't kill Stephen King <laughs> and early grave and things like that. And they may not think that, but just know that's not on me. 
I can't. I'm polishing no. bullshit. No, you're doing your job. You're doing your job. <laughs> well, you know, our, our fans, our fans have had pie in their face when they underestimate us. You know, like we read my yeah. scripts, and then I was like, you know, a few months later, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna work at Universal, y'all. <laughs> They're like, what? So don't underestimate us, y'all. Yeah, yeah. This is an industry professional was telling you that I'm actually good. <laughs> He's great. He's great, and he would. So I would, I would usually have him in the first three of the day when I used to cast in person. When I okay. cast in person. Justin would be in my top three. And, um, and he always was wondering like, why am I always here early in the morning? First thing, you know, <laughs> but I knew because I'd have, everyone would be caffeinated. I'd have all the, all the, you know, the, the, you, the um, director, the producer, sometimes yeah. agency there. So it'd be a committee. And so I usually learn, and I learned later on to take charge of a casting session and own the term director and casting director. So I come in and I'd be, Nicely, of course, you know, and they'd all go in with their big Starbucks and, you know, their sunglasses and tapping away on their phones. I say, okay. And I, I take charge of the casting and say, listen, this is how we're going to do things. I'm going to bring them in. You've all got your cheat sheets, to write things down. What I recommend is we all have a common language. So it's easier for us to grade things. So what I recommend is this take or leave it, give them the option to leave it, you know, mm. and I say a five is a grand slam. All right. That's we're ready to offer it to them right then and there. Um, four, we won't offer them, but five, we're, we've, we've got our person, you know, four, excellent. We know we're good with a four, four will be fine. Three is good. We should keep looking, but three would work Two, No. And one Tom, don't ever bring this person in again, <laughs> you know? So they all, this is easy for them. And then of course everyone does a 3.5, 4.5, whatever, you know, but Justin always got fours or fives. Always. I saw the notes. I mean, I have them. I have all the yeah. notes. And it's, it's Justin and I had a very good communication. Like when I said things to Justin, it clicked right away mm. and he could do it right then and there. Some actors need a lot of time and that holds them back in auditions because usually in the beginning, we, they, they don't know what they want yet. Yeah. You know, they yeah. don't know, they don't know what they want. They don't know who they want. They don't know what, how they want things to go. I try and talk with the director beforehand to get a uniformity. And then I try and tell the actors beforehand mm, yeah. what they're going to need to do. Any readings they have, I try and get them to be off book. A lot of people don't like being off book. Justin had no problem being off book. He has it done, you know. And and Justin, you know, got a lot of jobs. So he did, he did well for me. He, well, and, and, you know, we we made each other money. That's we made right. each other money. <laughs> that's that's, that's, yeah, that's why. It's not because like, I like Justin. I do, <laughs> but it's because I know Justin is going to set the tone. And he's going to make them feel relaxed because guess what? We got a four or a five on number three. The third person of the day, four or five is right there. We got somebody. So by noon, they'd leave. They'd be like, you got this, Tom. You know, and they'd leave. And then the people that needed more work, you know, needed multiple takes, things like that. I, I had the opportunity to do that with them because there weren't a lot of people watching on. So I could do multiple takes with them. So uh, wouldn't it like... We were talking, uh, you know, Christmas at the Christmas party, yeah. you know, about a lot of this stuff. And um, I, one of the things that, you, well, I, I think we both uh, spoke about how, um, like a lot of people, if, if you're not, you know, if you really don't know the business and understand how the in-person casting, like how valuable that is, yeah. is that you, you either sink or you swim. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you're either a great auditioner or you're yeah. a terrible auditioner. Is like, but now everything has gone online. It's okay. all gone virtual. Yeah. And so all of those people who swim 
you know, you know, in the room, you know, you don't have that opportunity anymore. And and like it it really hinders your ability to really book work because it's taken is taken like the artistry out of the out of actually getting a role. Yes, I uh, I mean, I have a I 100 percent agree with that. And what I'll add to that is I think a lot of younger um, actors are pretty versatile with platforms like TikTok. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're very good at self-taping and doing things like that. And then older actors who don't have as much tactical know-how that are incredible actors um, don't, you know, they're getting a little washed away by that. And the takes we're seeing are really good, but I don't know how many times they rehearse that. Yeah. But when in the room, they get two takes, if lucky. Mm-hmm. And the two takes mm-hmm. are really good because it shows how they take direction. The most valuable thing is seeing how somebody comes approaches a role from the start, you know, without any too much direction beforehand, just, you know, basic, basic direction. Then we call cut. Then the director then gets up and then gives, you know, you know, gives a little change, a little turn of the dial. You know, I want a little bit more of this, a little less of this. Can you try it like this? How about some, you know, approach it from this angle, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then you can see how quickly that actor can adjust responds yeah. to direction. That was invaluable to directors, and that is completely gone with self tapes. Now I hear they're coming back. So one thing I've I, well one thing I've experienced, which I think is amazing, uh, because like it's in every time that I've gotten one of these, I've booked the role. Um, they're doing now uh, like an eco cast. So like you do like, you know, a a virtual thing. And then the callback is actually like a Zoom call or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then they have you do it again and then they'll give you Mm -hmm. uh, the notes and things like that and have you do it in the fly. And and like those, I'm I'm just like, yes. Or I've went on a few where it's just like, it's like, hey, we want you to do a virtual call. And like, that's the first audition. And then they're just like, yep, I know who I want. And then that's it. Yeah. It's like, and, and that works out great. It and does. Like, it does. And, you know, for you in Long Island here, you don't have to come into the city for, yes. a, for like a 20 second audition. Yeah. You know, like, it, and I, there is a lot of actors that, and I don't blame them. Once pandemic happened, they, they went to safer pastures. Yeah. You know, but they still, it, it's still a lot of things are cast in New York, but they don't necessarily have to be. So the good thing about self-tapes is I can get an enormous amount of submissions that I can look through and then pick and choose. A lot of times with the old style casting, I didn't know how they were going to be. Yeah. You know, so I get a hundred submissions. This guy looks good. I don't know how he's going to be. I can look at a reel, but reels don't tell the full story. Yeah. You know, so I invite him in. And uh, we'll see what you got. You know, for you, I knew you were going to be good. So it's like, I definitely have my batting order. Yeah. You're number four. You know, you're my base hitter or grand slam. You know, so I knew I needed to stack the deck with people that I knew. This way, the good thing is, is I can really experience a lot of different actors um, and, and meet new things. And then if I do have that opportunity, which is a great opportunity, that you mentioned of being able to then do zoom auditions afterwards that can help out things. So yeah. I think, I think we're getting almost, I guess, to a hybrid yeah. system in a way. Um, I don't know if I'll be in the room with people again, which is very unfortunate. 
because uh, I like that and you like that. You also get a read on the person. Yeah. yeah well, and that's the thing is like you like, you know, when I walk in the room as an actor, you get a read on the director, mm-hmm. you know, how they want things. And then like you 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 link up to that. It's just like I I don't know if you if you notice this about me, but like when I went to the casting rooms, you know, as so, if someone's in there before me, I'm kind of hanging close to the door. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm getting some intel. Absolutely. Uh, unless, unless uh, you know, unless uh, project, you give me, well, give me, yeah. I project well. You can hear me <laughs> yep. through that door. I project well. Uh, so you, you've heard probably two or three instructions. Yep. Before I got in, yes, I did notice that. So, and- so uh, you know, w- with that, you, you're like, okay, so this is what they're looking for, such and such. Also, you look at the people in the room. And you start to get a gauge of what's what's going on here. Could you articulate that a little further? So, all right, Inter- that's interesting to me. So, like sometimes, um, like so, like right. I feel like right right now we're really like behind baseball. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. A it's a good um, comment. It's a common, uh, you know, uh, platform to discuss things. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so like if when I walk into a room and I'm seeing uh, all the people that are in the room for this particular role, or like you know, sometimes you you know you have a little you know, chat, you saying to people like, oh, who are you reading for such such and such, and you're like, okay, this person's reading for the same role. This is this this. All right, all right. there's multiple people coming in for different roles uh, in mm-hmm. this. It's like they're looking for they're looking for this for this role. Then like you know, for my role, they're, they're all right. It's not necessarily based off of race for this role. No, so not, then I need yeah. to make sure that I'm bringing a certain uh, uh, something you know to that role that differentiates, but it doesn't differentiate it by being black. It, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So then, uh, you know, it, then if I'm looking at other people in their characters that are coming in, it's like, how do I compliment someone who's this kind of type? You know, in the room, you know, at the same time. So you're but, thinking of chemistry reads and with the other person, how you're going to relate to the other actor. In a way, in, in a way, yes. That's extraordinary. That's so, like, extraordinary. I, I try to, I try to put all of this like stuff, yeah. you know, together because I'm just like, what can I give? Them? What kind of different choices could I give them where they'll see, like, okay, no matter what comes in, I see this guy fitting into this mold, mm-hmm. and like, that's the thing. I feel like going, going auditioning. That's it, it. Gives you all those opportunities to play the psychology of the casting director of the of the director and things like that and then you start to put it all together it's like all right the director wants this and he got this casting director to give him this you know and such and such and such it's like all right how do i fit in again you're one of my favorite actors and that's extraordinary you say that but i i want to say like most actors would if you if they went through that thought process they would be so jumbled up by the time they got in the the their room that they would flop like the fact that you can do all that and then still have such a clear like a crystal clear performance and vision speaks highly to you but i'm an improv guy that's my that was that was exactly what i was gonna ask it was like how much of your improv training is that yeah the improv guy so, so it's like yeah. yeah i'm getting all this information it's like okay and then go in there and then just be like let's see what happens yeah improv 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 that's what i say to all actors every director wants to see it every producer wants to see it you know, they want to see that UCB, what level, pit. They want to see those two because the only two they're not, it's not the only people that teach improv, of course. But yeah. they, that's what they want to see on resumes. Yeah. Whenever they, uh, actors wonder if resumes make any difference. Um, they do in terms of they look for improv. And they also look to see if you have any of their projects or people they know on it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. like, for instance, if I brought you in for somebody and they cast you in something, you didn't have it on it, they'd be a little pissed. Mm. you know yeah so um 
you know, things like that. They like there's an ego with directors. Yeah. And they love seeing that, you know, a project that you were on that the, of theirs is on somebody's yeah. resume. So resumes do make a difference in those two regards, I feel. So uh improv, improv, improv. So uh I'd love to talk about like uh so you know, again we, we spoke about it at the time we were talking about like, you know. How do you actually play like uh, people of color within the business? Because, you know, I, you know, we talk about on a podcast all the time, uh, Brandon and I, and just how like the, um, like I look at castings, I'll see, you know, 80% is like, I'm not there, you know, I'm not even in the running for it. Really? Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, most of the stuff is like, it's like, we're looking for white da 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 and then like you know one role on like you know a 13 you know page um diff- uh, casting is just like you know looking for a black character and such and such and such and as this and you know he drinks 40s outside it, it, you know what i'm saying so it's like you know we're very we're pretty limited in 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 um the, what we see uh there there's out there on, on the casting site all of my castings are people of color all of them everyone i can't remember the last time i cast a caucasian Mm. i can't remember the last time it's certainly not during pandemic it's all all people of color uh african-american um and they they get and and what i do is so like i would say my job is very racist in order to not be racist this is this is the this is the, this is this is it this is it right here. Yeah, Go ahead. There are conversations that I would never have an email because they could be misconstrued. So what I'll do is I'll get on the phone with somebody, and then talk about exactly what they're looking for, and things like that. And then I will get some verbiage from a director, producer, whoever, client, and then I'll look at it and then I'll clean it up so it's not offensive in any way because we're in a very sterile justifiably i mean there's been some some bad things so we're trying to be better as a society and i get that so i'm not i'm not saying anything oh it's too woke or anything like that no we should we should try and be inclusive and have terminology that's not offensive to people um so i'll clean up things to make it seem a little less uh problematic you know but um but in a way we're trying to not be racist but i'm literally looking for people for their race yeah specifically for not being racist you know like we need this many uh you know people of color this many latinos and now and then on casting networks they've got them as latinx and Mm -hmm. i know that's almost a step too far because from the vast majority of latinos i've spoken to they find that term offensive like that's that seems to be a term that came up with some white guys in park slope yeah yeah (laughs) you know like no no latin people uh, like that term apparently like uh spanish language has masculine and feminine pronouns to to take that out is offensive like yeah. that's how it is so i think it was a it was a good intention that went too far you know and casting networks has that terminology so there's nothing i can do about because that's a little uh, a thing now it's, it's no it's a little box i have to click I yeah to click that box you know um there's a lot of uh non-binary language now um you know, I try and stay away from getting too far into it. It's just basically, you tell me what you want, I'll go get you what you want. Um, so it's it's become, and, and years ago, it wasn't like that. They kind of just wanted to see people yeah. or they wanted to see things. Now, because I do a lot of commercials and, and corporate stuff, so the, the corporations really want to have very good 
a representation for a variety of people in order to sell their products to a variety of people. So it's coming from a good place. Um, but in, in regards of doing that, I'm basically a, a headhunter for certain races. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's, that's what it is. It's, it's not so much as show me the best actors who interpret this opening a can of tuna the best. Yeah. It's I want Justin Brown to open a can of tuna. Yeah. Or somebody that looks like Justin Brown, you know, that kind of thing. Well, I also find it hilarious that now you're looking at casting. It's just like, yeah, I want a such and such a famous actor type. Oh, yeah. And like, that's and, always been there, though. Yeah. Yeah. Been, I mean, but, but it's it's yeah. also, but, you know, on our end, we're seeing it more. We're seeing it more like in, that in, the in the castings. Now. I try not to do that because yeah. I find that limiting. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because I, as an actor, I think because I always think of, you, you know me, and I'll just say this for your viewers, your listeners is. I try and I'm a casting director that thinks of the actor a lot and how the actor thinks and what makes the actor comfortable so the actor can do their best job. I think if I were to say I need a Denzel type, um, a lot of people will be like, I can't be Denzel. And no one can be Denzel. Denzel is Denzel. So, I, I mean, Even or somebody's going to come in. Honestly, I don't want to meet anyone who thinks they're denzel like you know it's like oh god i gotta deal with this guy he thinks he's denzel you know so i try and stay away from things like that but i will do archetypes you know like you know you know adjectives like ruggedly handsome or like um you know grew you know grew up in a tough family environment you don't want to say from the streets you know you don't want to do that anymore, but I get that. Like I'll say, it's like this guy's from the streets, and I'll be like, eh, "Wire ended years ago, guys. We're not going to do that." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to clean up that language as much as I can, but still try and convey what they're looking for. Yeah. You know? But I think I think if it's like if I'm looking for a Clint Eastwood type, you know, what how's that do anybody any good? You know, yeah. people are going to be like, "What?" It was like I'm also not fucking 100 years old. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> So, you know, I, I try not to list that, but I'm, I'm amazed that's still happening. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell, when it comes to verbiage on breakdowns, can you tell if it's written by a professional casting director versus a student director doing their yes. casting? Isn't that yeah. amazing yeah. how they will write something? And God bless them. They're trying to do their own thing. I get it. You know, I'm not trying to be mean to them, but the the way they will say something, especially you, with women roles. Oh, 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 yeah, they, 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 they're wild. Oh my god, Brandon, you should see some of like I like I need a you know we're looking for someone who's busty, busty this and and like mm. they're they're very particular on on a woman's body. Busty on, hooker who's a junkie but still has a heart of gold. Yeah, I was like, yeah. what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, it's also you can tell when someone's writing it from uh, you know is a professional casting director as opposed to like. Corporate, yes. a corporate person uh, is writing it and things like well, that. I've so, like, up, it's I've very. Cleaned up, I've cleaned up corporate language before. Yeah, well, no corporate question. language, I think, is sometimes they can be worse than the yes. student. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I have a theory that I think some of the jobs I've done have been so inclusive, in order to have corporations, and I'm definitely not going to name names, um, but um, I think certain corporations want to have some ammunition for inevitably when some middle level management guy gets drunk and tweets something horrible out there and then everyone's like we gotta but we gotta you know boycott this company now and then the corporation's like wait a minute we just didn't add for this yeah yeah right it's like i almost think because i'm almost like these ads you know like i don't i don't know or they're i'm happy for the work 
And I'm happy the actors are getting jobs and I'm happy the producers and everything. But I also wonder, like, who's this for at this yeah. at one point? Yeah. Like, a lot know, of them are industrials. So they do it. They're using that internally and yeah. things like that, which yeah. is also its own weird uh, thing. Industrials. Like, I don't mind industrials at all because no, I'll get I don't, I, I don't mind them. And you do get a, a nice rate on them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the downside is, is like, hey, can I get that footage? And you're never going to get it. Never going to get it. No, you're not going to get most footage. And in fact, like they don't, they don't even give me, uh, they used to give me commercials all the time so I could download them from my website. I don't even get those commercials. I have to be mm. on TikTok or Instagram. To and see, hopefully uh, come across hopefully, it. And it hopefully comes up like that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it is different. Um, and that's where student films are good or webisodes and things like that, because you can get written in and you're terrible pay in the <laughs> contract. I want footage. Yeah. You know? And hopefully, and and hopefully, if they'll finish the film, then you can actually get it and put it towards your reel. The half the time is just like I have, a, I have all of this stuff that I've done, and you have nothing to show for it. And it's like, hey, well, you have this working. I see it. Like you can't because I can't either. So, are student films not getting finished? No, really, because it's isn't that how they graduate? Like I don't understand that people switch majors. Really? So they spent <laughs> they spent a hundred thousand dollars of daddy i whoever's money i did a finish i did i did a film and you know i was like the fight coordinator on it and we did like a bunch of fights and i got hurt on that thing the whole thing and the guy never finished the film never saw the light of day film for like for like a thesis yeah never saw it never saw it and i was so mad i'm just like and i did great work on that thing never saw it oh i don't understand that thing yeah i don't understand just finish it yeah it's wild just finish did he did he did he not finish due to money or did he literally change his major? I, I, I don't know. I randomly ran into one of the other guys and he's like, yeah, he never finished it. I'm just like, fuck that guy. <laughs> but let's uh, let's rate. Uh, let's rate this movie. Let's wrap this up. OK, um, well, I'm here interested in hearing what you guys think about it in terms of the rating. So I know you didn't like it too much. <laughs> so we uh, so we rate movies, actually bags of popcorn small, medium, large and the XL 40 exceptional. OK, if a film doesn't deserve any pop corn we throw it into the dog shit pile or we pile piles and piles of dog shit on top of it okay. so we sat down we watched brotherhood of the wolf a 2001 french period action horror film starring uh samuel uh l Bilan, uh vincent cassell um mark the costco so i don't know how I to say his name samuel costco. jackson i was like did i watch yeah, the I know. fucking movie <laughs> the costco, the costco, yeah. um uh so tom what say you sir well, I would say it's definitely for me, it's a large, but it's a guilty pleasure. And it's it's when I saw the film, who I was when I saw the film. Okay. And it was nice to revisit it. I recognize much more problems now than there were before. <laughs> uh, and everything, every criticism about this film is absolutely valid. But at the end of the day, it is a popcorn film. It does entertain. You know, like it's it's not a film you want to turn off. You do kind of want to figure out where are they going. I give it a large, not an XL. XL, that's a perfect film. Yeah. It's not a perfect film. It, 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 I don't know if it could ever be yeah. a perfect film. Brandon? Yeah, I'll give it a small just because as boring as I thought it was a lot of the time, especially with a 142-minute runtime, I was intrigued as to where this was going. It definitely ended up where I did not expect, Yeah. Um, especially with the lion and the metal suit and shit. I was just like, this is bonkers, but... Um, some of the performance is really, really bad. And then Vincent Cassell was at a hundred the whole time. So it's like, 
the lead was like the least charismatic. Yes. Like had no screen presence. Um, so much so that I barely know his character's name. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But it didn't. At the end of the day, it didn't really matter. It just it was just kind of a kerfuffle. But at the same time, it I did watch the whole thing without pausing. So, yeah. um, especially hungover, I think that that's a impressive. I think if you were high, testament. I think if you were high, it, it you would have had a greater appreciation for this film. Yeah, because you have to laugh during this. Yeah, film. <laughs> like you have to laugh with the film. Yeah, you know that's fair. Yeah. That's fair, but a small yeah. on my end. Yeah, so I'm giving it a small as well. Right um, I I think that uh, it it I I you know what the fact that everyone is saying is like I was wondering where this is going and you couldn't keep your like I think that pretty much sums up the film. Yeah, because you're like you're just watching and you're just like wait what the fuck is happening here? Where wait what? Okay, wait a second. And, and like I felt myself doing that more and more and and which is weird because is the deeper you get into the film the more questions that come come around and they're not answered uh so it's just it's kind of fun to watch it because you're just like there's there's a, a new exploratory moment like every like 10 minutes all right you got the wiki open right mm-hmm. all right so go to where roger ebert uh his his review and read roger ebert's review and i think that kind of sums up uh my feelings on the film Okay, so I would I would be lying if I did not admit that this is all in its absurd and overheated way entertaining. Yep, mm. that's that's pretty absurd. much about it. The film is absurd and it's over the top, but it it does its job. You know, you yeah. you are entertained. Like there's so many films that I'm just like, no, I'm not gonna watch this anymore. Yeah. I know where this is going. Yeah, I don't need this. I know I've seen this film before. That's not this film. Definitely not cookie cutter. I give it yeah. that. It's definitely not cookie cutter. It's yeah. it's different. Yeah. It's different. Yes. It yeah. yeah. So Tom, tell the people uh, how can they follow you? You know, you know, tell the people you know where they can find you. Uh, you can definitely. My company is Tempest Casting on Facebook. I post all of my breakdowns there first. If you're looking for actor, you know, if you're an actor looking to get onto projects, but I prim- primarily post, um, you know, as Tempest Casting or my name Tom O'Hare on casting networks that tends to be the site i use most i still use actors access from time to time but overall i've pretty much migrated solely to casting networks that's okay. that's really the site that i utilize the most for my my castings um, there's no actors access they've gotten a lot better have they yeah they've gotten a lot better they actually built an app and everything which is actually workable no. oh that's good no. to hear yeah i think what happened to me with actors access is they demanded a credit on a film and I'm like, I'm lucky if I get credit. So I, I can't I can't demand credits for you. I can't in good faith say, okay, yeah, I'll get you a credit because I can't mm. do that myself. And and I'm like, you're you're asking a little too much of the casting director. Yeah. And um and casting networks is not asking a lot of. Gotcha. And it like they're helping me, whereas it looks like you're putting up roadblocks for me. Gotcha. I still will use them from time to time. Uh, and I'm not telling people not to use them. But for me, from a business standpoint, for the, the castings I do, it's a lot faster and more ease of use with casting now. So, gotcha. But it's good to hear that they're getting better uh, with uh, things because I know there was some, some frustrated people with Actors Access. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah. Brandon? Folks, you know, you can follow me at American Collins, AmericanCollins.com. You can follow the show at Medium P Podcast on all social media platforms. Be sure to go to YouTube.com slash Medium Popcorn. Push that subscribe button so you get alert about all future 
episodes, uh, celebrity interviews, and just other buttery goodness. And Justin, if people want to support the show financially as well as follow you, what can they do? Well, guys, you can follow me at Jay Brown did it on the socials, but you can support this show on patreon.com slash medium popcorn. We have $2, $5, $10 and $15 packages with so much content. It's absolutely absurd. I mean, we have uh, the rant. What am I watching? We have so many bonus episodes, our entire backlog uh, from all the past episodes go on the Patreon. So if you're looking for an episode that you loved or, or you're just wondering if we uh, review the movie, Check Patreon. That's where you can actually find it. And please, guys, leave us a voicemail at 347-508-0978. Yes, indeedy. Feed the needy. Thank, mm-hmm. thank you so much, Tom, for joining us for this episode. It's my pleasure. Thank you guys so much for having me on. If you want to do this again sometime, just let me know. This was a pleasure. Well, we're definitely not going to do a French film. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Peace. Peace. We are two niggas spoiling movies. Yeah. Brandon Collins. That's me. And Justin Brown for your moving needs. Medium popcorn. Woo! You haven't seen it? Well, we're gonna spoil it. Spoil it in your face. That's your warning. Uh. So if you get 